Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Nice to have you with us this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Yesterday, we touched on uh, uh, Bill Russell a little bit, who passed away on Sunday. And you were talking about, okay, so is Bill Russell better than Wilt Chamberlain, you know, just as an individual, or is, um, you know, obviously Bill Russell had the upper hand as from a team. I mean, seven of eight times, I think they went up against each other, or six to seven, something like that. Bill Russell got the upper hand in okay. terms of championships. Uh, I ran across this story. Uh, it came from an interview that both Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain were involved with. Uh in the uh, in the video, Wilt Chamberlain shared how Bill Russell had spent Thanksgiving at the Chamberlain residence and then proceeded to kick Chamberlain's rear on the court during their next meeting. That led Wilt Chamberlain's mother to say that they should not have fed him so well. <laughs> uh, he says he says this. Eat my food, sleep in my bed, and then go out there and whip my butt. And my mother would say, now, Wilt, we shouldn't feed Bill so well next time. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seven of eight was correct in terms of the championship matchups. He also had 11 NBA championships compared to Wilt Chamberlain's two. Won five MVP to Wilt's four. But Chamberlain um, had just some dominating statistics. Chamberlain... He died. I didn't realize. I knew he was um, young, but I always felt like Wilt Chamberlain was old to me. Same with Bill Russell. I always felt like those guys were, and part of it maybe is because I didn't see them play, you know, and they're, or I just wasn't aware. I mean, they were still playing when I was a lot, you know, when I was a young boy, but sure. I don't remember them. But Chamberlain was only 63. Yeah, that's pretty young compared to the 88. Yeah, compared to the 88. He died. Russell. He died in uh, 1999. And, um, Basically had a a heart problem maybe that he didn't know about. He had a big, I think he had an enlarged heart and just died. Yeah, two sides to the to the matchup numbers there. I mean, I, I think that we would say that Russell played with more big-time dominant players, Hall of Famers with the Celtics and had better teammates around him. But then again, would Chamberlain have had the massive numbers that he had if he played with better players sure. around him? Mm-hmm. And he might not have. So mm-hmm. you can kind of look at that two ways really yeah no that's uh that's that's a great point because i mean obviously they're they're feeding him the ball a lot so he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of touches and you know bill russell played with bob Cousy and you know and other guys like that that um also demanded the ball and and could put the ball in the hoop mm-hmm. you know and uh so anyway i just thought i thought that was funny and i just wondered in today's nba you know in today's world would guys go over to Thanksgiving with each other, you know. And maybe that does happen, but I just thought that was kind of funny. You know, two guys that are that dominant in their league, yeah. competitors, mm-hmm. you know, going over to Mrs. Chamberlain's house for <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I think they still would today. Okay. I think so. Yeah, I think there's still camaraderie between opponents that goes on, that okay. kind of stuff. Okay. okay. And uh, I just thought, I mean, you heard in the... Um, Latest episode of the the Jeter documentary that uh, he and A Rod used to do it. I okay. mean, I know that was in the late nineties, early two thousands, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they they were doing it then. Um, that kind of blew up. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate, isn't it? Not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Um, I think A Rod. I think we've all known is a bit of a snake, and I mm-hmm. think. It, Kind of caught up with him a little bit there. Finally caught up. He with ran him. his mouth too much, and mm-hmm. Jeter doesn't give second chances. That's basically what you found out if you watched the doc. Yeah, yeah. I have not seen any mm-hmm. of that. Um, not, I just haven't. I don't know. Life's been pretty busy. I just haven't had. Sure. I just haven't had chance to. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I have great respect for Derek Jeter and what he what he accomplished. Uh, five World Series. Um, the um, the way that he uh, led his team, even as a very young player, um, the things that he didn't put up with, you know, whether on the field or off the field, um, to help with the discipline uh, of that baseball team and help them succeed. Um, thought I have I have great respect for what he did there. I thought that would, 
that thought that was very what I've seen or what I've read uh, about him is very enlightening along those lines. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed it. Obviously, I'm a I'm a Jeter fan. I'm a Yankees fan, so that makes it a little bit different for me. Uh, I've enjoyed the fact that they've called it captain. It's about Derek Jeter, mm-hmm. whereas they, you know, called it the Last Dance, but it was really about Michael Jordan, not about the Bulls. <laughs> okay, they didn't hide the fact that this is about Jeter, not gotcha. not necessarily about the Yankees. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Uh, what kind of concern do you have for the Dallas Cowboys with James Washington now out with a fractured foot? He's going to have surgery today in Dallas. Uh, they say he's out what six to ten weeks, but man, with feet and big athletes, it's it's always hard because, I mean, you're pounding on those feet um, trying to get those things healed or sometimes a bit wonky. Yeah, no, I, I have complete confidence it'll come back. I mean, we've seen other guys come back from the same injury. It's going to take a while, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to have them for a while. And you didn't, it felt like you didn't do a lot to. Um, Upgrade in the wide receiver position after mm-hmm. or improve after after you lost some guys, some key guys. And so, I mean, just the pressure on C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and all those guys to perform. And now Jalen Tolbert, uh, who's now the number two one. Uh, Noah Brown is also uh, still on that roster. I, for whatever reason, I like him. Okay. I mean, he he's caught some balls from Dak Prescott. Um, but for whatever reason, I, I think he's a guy that can get open. But I mean, boy, you, <clears throat> CD Lamb, you got to. I mean, I know that he's stepped up, but now you really need him to perform. Yeah, you need him to be a star. Yeah. I mean, he was taken in the first round, and and um, yeah, you 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 let Mari Cooper go, knowing that you know CD had the potential to slide into that role and be that guy, and you need him to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, you gave him number eighty-eight for God's sake, so. Yeah, I mean something. Live up to, live up to it. Michael Gallup is uh, still recovering from a torn anterior cruciate ligament on his knee. Um, he, I'm, I'd be, I'm, I'm a little curious uh, about the timing for that. When he injured it and when he had the surgery. In, in sometimes I think in today's world with with knees, the expectation is that you injure it and you have the surgery right away, like what James Washington is doing with his foot. I mean, he mm-hmm. fractured his foot yesterday. He's having surgery today, okay? Uh, Gallup injured his uh, late in the season, and I don't think he had surgery until like February. But a lot of times you do that to strengthen the knee prior to the surgery to help with the rehab. Okay, I mean, I can only speak for my daughter. She had to wait a month after she injured her knee. Yeah. Just to make all the swelling, let all the mm-hmm. swelling go down and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. She had to wait a month before she could have surgery. Because it would, some might go, well, what's, what was he doing? What, why was he waiting? Because sometimes athletes have waited, you know, longer to stay out of camp or things along those lines mm-hmm. to have their. Have you their said you were curious, like you were questioning it. No, no, no. I'm just curious. Did, did he do a lot of rehab to get himself ready? Will that accelerate his um, um, return? Okay. Because sometimes those things take. A year, uh, especially when you tear that ligament. What the the training staff has said is that he he's ahead of schedule. He just won't be available week one. Week one, yeah. Um, so, that that's not a realistic possibility. They're expecting sometime either weeks three or four. Yeah. So I mean, you, the, even more for uh, you know other guys to have to step up there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was this one position where you were already kind of thin or weren't necessarily deep or where you had question marks because what you said with the loss of Amari Cooper um, that uh, <laughs> uh, TJ Ross TJ Vasher's on the Cowboy roster still a good chance for him to make the team maybe so yep and you've heard only good things so hopefully this is this is his year where he'll kind of put it all together time to shine right mm-hmm. Hey, young man, here's a great big, huge opportunity that's right in front of you. If you'll just catch the easy ones, we know you can make the circus catches, then uh, you might find yourself a spot on this uh, football team. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Today is 8-2-22. So you have two, four twos and eight, okay? Two, four, six, eight, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you have the two, then you have the 22. 
So eight right, that's two, three twos. 22. No, there's four twos. If you divide two, eight divided by two is four. I right? missed this. Okay. And then you have the two, and then you have the 22. So, so you, you have, have, you have four of, twos and then eight. Yeah. In the eight, and then three twos. But it doesn't match up with the three in 22. <laughs> in two. I was just thinking out loud here. Okay. Just, you know, you have two, four, six, eight. There's four twos there. Correct. Then you have two, then you have two. Chuck, it's you we appreciate. Seven twos in uh, today's date. Four, two, eight, two, 22. That's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jeff McGuire has all the news yeah. and notes from previous eight twos. I follow every bit of that. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I was certain that you did. 1907. Legendary pitcher Walter Johnson at 19 begins his 21-year Baseball Hall of Fame playing career mm. with Washington in a 3-2 loss to Detroit. 1921, after three hours of deliberation, a Chicago jury acquits eight Chicago White Sox players accused in the Black Sox scandal. However, tomorrow, I'll go ahead and tell you what's going to happen, they're going to be banned from organized baseball. Okay. So I'm shocked that a Chicago jury didn't think that Chicago White Sox cheated in the World Series. Okay. <laughs> shocked, I say. Shocked. Show us your shocked face. I don't think I will. 1938, Major League Baseball conducts its first test of bright yellow baseballs during the Dodgers and Cardinals doubleheader. I'm guessing this was an attempt to make it easier to see the pitches and right. whatnot. Uh, Charlie Finley back in the day used orange baseballs. Mm-hmm. And some uh, spring training games. And that led to the orange golf ball. Oh, really? Yeah, that just, was yeah, that the was predecessor. The predecessor, yeah. Jerry mm-hmm. Pate used the orange golf ball. 1959, future Hall of Fame first baseman Willie McCovey hits home run number one <laughs> of his 521 <laughs> career home runs in a San Francisco Giants five to three win over the Pittsburgh Pirates. That was Can't really get- good. Can't get 521 if you don't get one. What year was that again? This was 1959. 59, okay. 1968, Ron Hansen from the Washington Senators and Tim Cullen from the Chicago White Sox become the first Major League Baseball players to be traded for each other twice in the same season. Mm. They'd been traded in February in opposite directions. Wow. 1973, future Baseball Hall of Famer third baseman George Brett Gets hit number one one in his debut with the Kansas City Royals in a 3-1 win over the Chicago White Sox. Royals beat the White Sox uh, yesterday, too. Everybody's beating the White Sox yeah. right now. I think the Texas Tech Red Raiders B team could beat the White Sox right now. B team? Yeah. Do we have a, we have a B team? I'm sure we do somewhere. 1982. <laughs> Ricky Henderson being Ricky Henderson. Mm-hmm. Although this is a little more impressive for Ricky. As he steals his 100th base of the Major League Baseball season in a 6-5 win versus Seattle. It's August 2nd. 100 bases. Yeah. This, gone are the days. Yeah. Was, it, that's, you're right. Gone are the days. I yeah. have a feeling, though, if someone was as good at it as Ricky Henderson was, you would let them steal those bases. Uh, Man, I, were, miss, I miss Vince Coleman and Willie McGee and those guys. Sure. The way they could go. I mean, just they made it exciting when they got on first base. They, they were talking about this on the Ranger broadcast last night of guys that have 100 or more steals as a career that are active, okay? And one of the Ranger guys just got his set. I mean, it was just like shockingly low. Yeah. I mean, and, and here you've got Henderson that has 101 season. They're talking about guys for a career. Yeah, didn't he get to 130? One, 120? Yeah, 138 maybe? Why is that never in my head? I thought he got yeah. to 130 one year. Um, he actually, in stealing his 100th base in 82, he is the first to steal 100, 100 bases twice in the modern era. And in 1996, a star-studded United States men's basketball team, Dream Team 3, mm. beat Yugoslavia 95-69 to to win the gold medal at the Atlanta Olympics. It is National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Oh, man. I love the ice cream sandwich. You should go look in the freezer. I've heard that there are some there. There are some there. I know who put them there, but I have not been invited to have one. Ricky only got only got to 103 times, but he did get to 130 in 1982. 100 even in 1980 and 108 in 83. 
Happy birthday, former Dallas Maverick and New York Nick. Chris Tapps Porzingis is 27. Director Kevin Smith is 52. Cedric Sabalas, 54. Speaking Tim Wakefield, Mavs. 56. And former Texas Ranger and one of our favorites, Kobe Lewis, turns 43 today. Wow. So shout out to Kobe Lewis. And, you know, we ask a lot of questions here on the morning drive. Mm -hmm. Specifically, Jamie's got one every day, for sure. But uh, you ask the question, why is communication so key in combat? You ask the question, why is... No, I'm kidding. Uh, 1865. The captain and crew of the CSS Shenandoah. That would be the Confederate ship. Shenandoah. Still prowling the waters of the Pacific in search of Yankee whaling ships is finally informed by a British vessel that the South had lost the Civil War and it had been over for months. <laughs> Although the crew heard rumors of the Confederate armies had surrendered, Captain Waddell continued his fight. He finally accepted an English captain's report on August 2nd. The Shenandoah pulled off another remarkable feat while sailing from the North Pacific all the way to Liverpool, England without stopping at any ports. Arriving November 6th, he surrendered his ship to British officials. Mm. And that is this day in sports history. Uh, let's see. We get this from the Ace Flooring Center chat line. It's Chuck High. The twos thing was pretty stoner. I I can honestly admit I've never been high in my life. Okay. okay. Uh, I took a lot of drugs this morning. So I took my fair share of drugs this morning, but I've never been high. Uh, Jeff missed a big one on this day in 2003. I married my lovely wife. Well, happy anniversary to you. So I may get higher by, by Friday. I might. Uh, Chuck, 2 times 2 times 2 equals 8, but 8 divided by 2 equals 4. Yes, it does. <laughs> 2 plus 2 plus 2 equals 6. Right. Right. Uh, can you tell me who the active Major League Baseball leader is in stolen bases? I'm going to take a guess. You can take a guess at the... Mm, Trey Turner. No. He is seventh. Active stolen base. There's this this probably will shock you, given what we just learned about Ricky Henderson. There are only four active players right now with three hundred or more stolen bases. I mean, I off the top of my head I can't come up with any other guys that okay. I feel like uh D Strange Gordon has three hundred and thirty six. Okay, forgot he was in the league. Uh, Elvis Andrus is second with 323. Also didn't know he was still playing. Uh, Billy Hamilton is third with 319. And then Starling Marte is fourth with 308. Okay. Everybody else has less than 300. I, I find that somewhat shocking. But Yeah, I, I don't, considering you don't well, see no, stolen bases right, that no, much. No, you're right, you're right. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was uh, somewhat interesting given our uh -huh. recent discussion. Didn't mean to bore you. <laughs> no, no. That was six no, I, six fifty three this it morning. It was here. just such an exciting part of the game. It was the year right. that the year yes. that Ricky stole one hundred and thirty. He was thrown out forty two times, tempting to steal. So that I mean, even the throwouts were exciting. Mm -hmm. Right when they gun when somebody gunned him down, they had accomplished something really cool. Now you just, you know, you play for the three-run homer, so you're not risking losing a base runner doing that kind of stuff. Right. I Although, the, <laughs> I know the, the numbers say it's, it's wrong to think this, but there is something about aggravating the pitcher as you're stealing bases behind him. Sure. That it, it's lost, and you can't factor it in in the numbers because there's no proof of it other than him getting rattled and maybe walking the guy or throwing a, an off curveball because he's thinking about the guy at first base for half a second. Mm -hmm. that, you want, that's you, missing. You want to take a wild guess at who leads the stolen bases in Major League Baseball right now and what that number is? You want to take a guess at what the number is right now? 17. I'll go 15. 28, John Bertie. Then uh, Jorge Mateo at 25, Ronald Acuna at 22, Cedric Mullins 22, and then Tommy Edmond and Julio Rodriguez are tied for 21. 
I've heard of two of those guys. I just just crazy. I mean, when you especially when you consider Ricky Henderson on this day got to one hundred. Your major league leader right now is a guy with twenty eight. Twenty eight. Well, 28. part of that is Ricky being Ricky. Yeah. Yeah, he also got on base a lot too. Yeah. Uh, Tyler says this. Chuck must really love six two twenty two. Dead gummit, I missed it. Mm. Mm. It's my wife's birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Big plays and even bigger laughs. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Tough uh, day for them yesterday on the injury front. Also, Patrick Mahomes tweaked the foot, but uh, hopefully, hopefully it's just a tweak and it's not more than that. That was at the Chiefs training camp. 7.45, boom, boom, boom. Next, Jamie has a question for Jeff and I. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, talk to me, Jamie. What's, uh, what's your question? All right, my question for you fine gentlemen today and our terrific listening audience. <laughs> Has to do with the Red Raider football. You guys are both six and, or excuse me, five and seven guys mm-hmm. for the upcoming season. I ask you today if you are going to make the leap and make a bowl game mm-hmm. and get to six and six. What's the key game that could flip that? For me, it's Houston. So you're at five and seven with a loss to Houston. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's Houston. Why are okay? I'll get to it in a minute. Kansas State. Kansas State's my flip win. It's a a game that you can absolutely win. It's a game that, as a Red Raider fan, you should win. Like you owe them one. And it, but until you beat Kansas State, I'm not picking against the Wildcats. Yeah, I'm I'm with Jeff on this one. I mean, you just heard those predictions that that Chuck threw out there. I mean, they're predicting Kansas State to be six and six. It's not like there's some dominant football program mm-hmm. where you know uh, that you you you're going to struggle to stay up with them. It's going to take a miraculous effort or something mm-hmm. like that. No, I mean they're 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 right there where you are. I get that it's on the road. I get that it's been a house of horrors for the Red Raiders. Um, the rectangle of doom, I think they call it up there, right? Is that right? <laughs> sure, they do. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm still mad. I'm still mad about about their stadium uh, that I, I've had to admit to to K State uh, alumni and family members of how beautiful the stadium looks at night up there. Okay. When it's all lit up, I I hope that we can go up there and turn the lights out on them and make it not look so pretty. Well, I I just think to me that's a that's a huge game. Mhm. That that's that's the big game to me that I think most people have you predicting a loss. And I think it's a winnable game for the Red Raiders. So if you're going to take that step forward and get back to 6 and 6, mm-hmm. and I say it's a step forward. We know you were 6 and 7 in the or 6 and 6 in the regular season last year. Um but most predict that you'll take a step back from that. If you're going to avoid that step back, um, I think that's one of those games. I mean, we've got to get back to beating teams that are, you know, 50-50 games, right? Toss-up games. Sure. And K-State, it feels like every year is that game or is one of those games, right? we just can't. And we can't get over the hump against Mm -hmm. them. So I'm I'm with Jeff. I'm I'm going going with Mm K-State. Now, so... You have us at five and seven, but you have us losing to Houston. Yeah. So who do you have us beating? Okay. Because so clearly you have, have you must have us beating someone that I don't. All right. So I think you beat I think you beat K State. I think you beat West Virginia. I think you beat TCU. And I think you beat uh, Kansas. Okay. So K State is the one that. You've that's the flip for Houston, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I already had you beaten. I already had, already had you well, beaten. Casey. What? I mean, I do think there's more parity in the Big Twelve this year. In other words, the, Oklahoma th- may be the dominant team, but I think every I don't know that every other game is a quote fifty fifty game. There's a the, soft middle part that you can capitalize yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, just just the the mere fact that you're playing Texas and Baylor at home, okay. Um, I think gives you uh, 
a, a bit of a leg up, especially since you're playing Texas so early. Um, I, I think all the bets change if you win the first four games. Well, excuse me, if you win three of the first four games. Yeah. You guys both like to reference the struggles of Kansas State in the past, and I like to remind you that that doesn't affect this game at all. Sure, no, I know Okay, now, I know. so I'll go talk out of the other side of my mouth now. Mm-hmm. You're so fe- fearful of Houston. I am. Yeah, they just had their miraculous season last year. I know. And you were pretty mediocre. Mm-hmm. And we beat And the you Jesus. put it on them. I know. I in know. their place. I know. Their town. Not at their stadium, but in their town. No, I know. And now they're coming to our house. I know, and they're but they're a top twenty-five team, and that's what I look at. And, and where were they last year? Well, they were a top twenty-five. They team. lost one game for a long, long, for time. long time, right? Until the uh, AAC championship game, right? Oh, so you mean like when when they had to play a good team? When they had to play a good team, I don't know for whatever reason. I maybe Dana Holgerson's just in my head. Oh, that damn sledgehammer <laughs> and things like that. God. That's not something I would admit out loud. Well, I admit a lot of things out loud that I probably shouldn't admit out loud. I would definitely agree with that. So, I, mean, I, I don't agree with you a lot, Chuck, but I agree with that one. You know, I, I think there's probably some some entertainment value in that too, right? I mean, I mean fear value, entertainment value, um, all those head scratching value. Sure. Now, I mean, I'll also say this: the. We have had some questionable coaching decisions in the past that have cost us games. And I say us as the Red Raiders. Um, As of right now, I don't have that worry going into this season. I'm not saying that he's going to... We haven't seen it. Just blind hope, right? It is. Because he's not seen him make one good decision on the field. Right. He's not coached the game yet. And and some of this is trust until you give me reason not to. Mm -hmm. And, And some of it is... He's done it at the 5A level in the state of Texas. He's got a state championship. You don't just they don't just hand those out to everybody. You've got to earn those. And he's been a part of a staff that and the head coach of a staff that has earned one of those. Um that I don't feel like you're going to run into those same kind of problems. I could be completely wrong. We'll find out as the season goes on. But if you don't shoot yourself on the foot in several games over the past few years, you're already 6 and 6. So the five and seven I'm predicting in these close matchups could absolutely be exceeded with the snap of a finger just by not shooting yourself in the mm-hmm. foot. So while I'm saying five and seven, I could I'm not gonna be talked into seven and five, but I wouldn't be shocked at seven and five either. And if you told me that a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when you were going six and now you're going four and six in uh the season. A two-win swing, I'd have called you crazy. Well, not, yeah. you, know, you know how we've talked about getting the Jones back to what used to be such a difficult place to play and a raucous atmosphere and all of that? I think you're going to get that for the Houston I do. game. Yeah, I think you're going to get that for all. I think you're going to get that. all seven games. Uh, I, I don't know when when you take some losses. I don't know, but um, you're going to be the mer- first game. Yeah, I mean, first you're, two you're, games. Yeah, you're going to have a great chance to beat Murray State. Mm-hmm. And oh. then you're going to play Houston, a team that everybody in Lubbock hates. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're going to want that game bad. Our fan base is going to be excited. That place will be packed. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere. We're going to we're going to say to ourselves, ah, I remember when it used to be like this. When's the last time you felt like it was like that? Would you say uh, West I, don't know, I mean, probably the Texas game two years ago was a great atmosphere. Yeah, it was a great atmosphere. It was packed. Yep, yep, it was a great yeah. atmosphere. Felt like you were on the, you felt like you were on the verge of, kind of making the turn, and then the pooch kick. That <laughs> was that the only thing. Well, it's, it, <laughs> to me, that was the last straw. Then the pooch kick. Uh, it's such a. I hate that. I hate that play. Wish it'd just be ripped out of the special teams coordinator's playbook. I think the pre-vet defense afterwards. Was well, there's that too. Bad. That, was, uh, that certainly contributed. I just hated uh, how where I was as a Tech football fan at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. Where at up 15 with three minutes left, I said, this is going to hurt when we lose this. 
And I, I was, I was thinking and about the guy. I was Christmas card picture looking at that that scoreboard there in the south and end. There's a difference between Chuck and Jamie. Chuck, positive, happy. I was, man. I was, I was like, maybe a little, this thing, maybe a little like, bit overzealous, oh, but at least positive. And here's, I was thinking, what here's a great, Johnny Raincloud over here going, man, we're gonna lose this. I was thinking, what a great double T ninety seven three Coors Light post game show it was gonna be. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing for the K-State one. Thinking, oh, man, we're going to be bowl eligible. It's my birthday. We're beating K-State. You know, man, it's going to be happy, happy, joy, joy. And then we walked out of that stadium feeling as low as I've ever felt. Mm. Yeah. Amongst the low. Yeah. I... 740. Some bad times, but I think it, that Houston crowd is going to okay. be awesome. I think you're probably right And about I that. think that's going to play into us winning that football game. Kicking the bejesus out of them. I don't know what we're kicking out of them, but I think we win the game. Okay. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Time for the boom, boom, boom. Here's Jamie Lint. Texas Rangers have announced that the club has acquired infielder Mark Mathias and left-handed pitcher Antoine Kelly from the Brewers in exchange for right-handed pitcher Matt Bush. Mathias goes on the Rangers' 40-man roster, while Kelly will be assigned to a minor league affiliate this week. Mathias is a 28-year-old, played for the Brewers 20 and 22, combined to hit 231. He's played in six big league games this year, hitting 318 at AAA. Kelly is 22, ranked on one of the or many of the top prospect lists by Baseball America, seventh actually for the Brewers. He's gone two and four with a 3.86 ERA, uh, 19 games and starts for High A Wisconsin in the mid Midwest League. Bush what? was two and one with a 2.95 ERA for Texas this year. I bet you Matt Bush jumping for joy, right? Huh? Not really. He was kind of disappointed. Really? Because he liked, he really, the Rangers have treated his family right okay. and treated him right and gave him an opportunity to come back. And he was disappointed that he was traded, but understands it's part of the business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm going to start calling it 54 golf instead of live golf because it's Roman numerals 54, this uh, Saudi Arabia golf league. I've heard of it. Okay. 54 mm-hmm. Golf CEO Greg Norman said in an interview last night that Tiger Woods did indeed for a fact turn down between 700 and 800 million to join the Live or 54 Golf Invitational Series. Uh, he was on with Tucker Carlson last night. Uh, this number was before Norman took over as the CEO. Um, he said, look, Tiger is a needle mover. So, of course, you look at at the best of the best. Um, they had approached him before he became uh, the CEO. Tiger has been uh, critical of uh, Live Golf, saying the RNA, because the British Open guys uh, did not let Greg Norman come back, even though he was a two-time winner when they had the 150th Open a few weeks ago. Greg has done some things that I don't think is the, in the best interest of our game, and we're coming back to probably the most historic and traditional place in our sport, I believe, it's the right thing. He's also been critical of players who have left the PGA Tour, uh, saying, I disagree with it. I think what they've done is they've turned their back on what has allowed them to get to this position. So, you know, Tiger uh, basically standing up for the PGA and uh, mm-hmm. not afraid to uh, make his opinion known. Also goes to show how much money he's worth. Yeah. Already that he turned down eight hundred million. Yeah, right. He's got a billion. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what's another billion, right? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. But he, I guess there's a price for his uh, integrity or his sure. And and that's we haven't reached it yet. Except, I mean, if you have eight hundred million, do you need eight hundred million more? I just I've kind of found that people that have a lot of money want that's. They want to make more, which is okay. I get it. I understand. Sure. I haven't found a lot of people that have a lot of money. So. I I have little money, but I definitely want more. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Sure. All right. Big East, Big 12 ex- extended their basketball battle, mm-hmm. a two-year extension to the Big 12 Big East battle. 
um, for non-scheduling or non-conference scheduling alliance, which has been in effect since 2019-2020. Extension will include competition in November and December during each of the 2023, uh, 24, and 24-25 seasons. Of course, this year the Red Raiders will be taking on Georgetown on November the 30th here in Lubbock. Stanford coach. Everybody show up and boo the Hoyas. Yeah. And make it difficult for Patrick Ewing to walk around without a name tag. <laughs> I, I, I am intrigued by him coming to town and just seeing him on the sideline. Yeah. That'd be cool. I, I think I think it's going to be cool. I agree. I, think, I agree. I, I think it's going to be. I mean, I don't know if they're going to. I mean, not quite not. as cool as Vanilla Ice coming to town, but I mean, it's up there. I mean, to me, <laughs> Patrick Ewing and those Georgetown teams, especially, I mean, they just they just changed college basketball um, because they were so different from every other team. They were not the cookie cutter of every other team. I mean, they he was dominant. He was physical. They they didn't. They took no prisoners uh, from their head coach on down. Oh, I mean, intimidation. Yes. And, yeah. I mean, just so good defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Hoya paranoia, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, this is cute that David Shaw, the Stanford coach, uh, thinks this. Uh, he was speaking at Pac-12 Media Days, and he was uh, talking about uh, conference realignment. And he said, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years, but my heart of hearts tells me that in some point of time, this will self-correct. The reason conferences were created were for proximity reasons. I do believe in the next round of TV contracts, it will start to go back. And that's an idealistic thought, but I just don't think that's a realistic thought, unfortunately. I, yeah. I, 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 I hope he is right. Yes, me too. I hope he is right, but mm-hmm. I, I, just, I just don't think that's going to happen. All right, Texas Tech men's basketball team will open the Maui Invitational against Creighton on Monday, November the 21st. Uh, the Red Raiders will face off with Creighton. It's the first day's matchup between the two squads at 9.30 a.m., which will be 1.30 p.m. Central Time. Louisville takes on Arkansas in the top half of the bracket. Those two winners will face off afterwards. All right, that's the boom, boom, boom this morning. On Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Do you know who Morgan Wallen is? I've never met Morgan. Okay. He's a uh, country western singer. That's probably why. Uh, I believe he is from Tennessee. Okay. But you're going to like what he did. The Humphreys County Dixie League baseball team is headed to the Little League World Series. Sweet. Uh, they were crowned the Tennessee State Champion. Okay. Mr. Wallen is going to pay their travel expenses and provide them with new uniforms. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, the team is from rural Nashville. It's a suburb of Waverly, Tennessee. Uh, they had a team gathering and Mr. Wallen addressed them personally in a video. Uh, the mother of one of the players had posted, posted a video of the, of the team, uh, getting this surprise and basically said that he had reached out to them. Uh, he covered their room and board, their experiences, their souvenirs, uh, they're not going to want for anything. And uh, apparently many of these players were heavily affected by a catastrophic flood in August of last year. And uh, several schools were damaged, forced schools to attend school in a refurbished factory. They basically lost everything. So um, That's awesome. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, apparently his big song is Up Down. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Mr. McGuire, or Negative. not. Negative. Okay. Mm. Apparently, he is a former baseball player to, at some level. Good so, for him. Yeah, good for him. So that's a, a nice uh, feel good, feel good story. Okay. That's very so cool. You, there you go. Good for him. Yeah. All right. Um, he's. he's going to go buy one of his eight tracks now. <laughs> did you ever own any eight tracks? I did not. Okay. Uh, somebody says Morgan Wallen is not country. I. 
I think I know the song you're talking about. Yeah. I can hear it in my head. I thought he was country, and, and he does have. A, he might be okay. He might be those, classified as country. I think they are pointing out that he is not country. He's pop. Yeah, yeah, kind of one of those crossover and, and, guys and, and, that and really is. Raider three sixteen says he's trying to figure. Hey, look, he's he's got. There's a little. There's big stink on him in terms of what he did on uh, in terms of his language, but you know. What do, what do you say about people, Jamie? Were allowed to get better? Yeah, yeah, I, and I don't know the story of his past. So and, and I saw that at the very end. So yeah, so for, and, forgive me for being naive in that yeah, regard. And yeah, um, uh, face value, just right here, he did yeah. something good for these kids. So and, and maybe it's not. Um, well, kind of what Raider three sixteen is talking about. He's he's kind of doing it for reasons of I'm trying to make myself look better. But all I and and that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. But all I know is these kids are going to benefit from it. So good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good. he could have chose not to do anything. Yeah. So. So, he, he, you know, we can think less of him or that he's doing it for the wrong reasons, but it's still good that the kids are benefiting from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they get they kids get to that have the, had some hard times. Hard times. They get to go to the College World Series. They get to give new uniforms. They get to go. Mm-hmm. They get to go. I mean, and it would have been a shame for them not to be able to go with the full. Support. I mean, we I bet they'll that. compete better at the Little League World Series, though. <laughs> well, we saw that with this town when you, those kids you went. Said, you, know? you said College World Series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Little League World Series, right? Yeah, okay. probably Who knows? They may make it there. Yeah. Who knows? They may. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day, this is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Hey, good morning. It is uh, the morning drive on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and the Double T 97.3 mobile app with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Look forward to your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to Double T 97.3.com for that or the mobile app. It's presented by Happy State Bank. Uh, ESPN has put up the 10 most likely players to be traded today. Today is the Major League Baseball trading deadline. We'll get to the NFL in just a second, but I thought you might be interested in this. Uh, here's 10 players that could be traded. This is according to Jeff, excuse me, David Schoenfield. David Schoenfield wrote this article. Uh, he's, he thinks Juan Soto is number one. Really? Has uh, Padres, Dodgers, or Cardinals. Yep. Sounds what like says, it's three. What says... Don't overlook the Texas Rangers as a sleeper team to acquire Soto, even though they aren't in the playoff chase this season. I saw a suggestion online yesterday. I think it was, mm-hmm. you know, questions asked to a Rangers beat reporter, and this Rangers fan had his list of, you know, or he had his question about what it would take, and the beat reporter responded, and there were like seven prospects in there for the Rangers. Some already in the big leagues like Duran and and one of them on the list was Josh Young. I was going to ask you if yeah. Josh yeah. Young would be on this. Yeah. Be would be one of these guys. And by the way, Josh is back working and hitting in games in Arizona and all that kind of stuff. I feel like uh I saw last week where they hoped he'd be able to start, you know, playing third base again, you know, within a few weeks. Mhm. So that's that's great news. Well, and the thought was what what was reported last week that it sounded like he was going to be at the double A level pretty quick. Too. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it won't, wouldn't be too long. Yep. Um, but he's taking at bats and DHing in games right now. Okay. Yeah. Just at the instructional league is that kind of where that? Yeah. More than more than anything. Yeah. So it's, once, they're, uh, once they're sure he's healthy, I'm sure they'll send him to double A. Wilson Contreras, the catcher for the Cubs, is number two on the list. Uh-huh. Rays, Astros, you can scratch the Astros off that list now after they picked up the kid from uh, the Red Sox yesterday, right? Vasquez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland, Cardinals, and the Mets. Okay. Um, so, Josh Bell uh, of the Nationals, uh, also on this list, number three on the list. Uh, Red Sox, Giants, Astros, and Padres. David Robertson from the Cubs. Boy, a lot of Cubs on this list. Yeah. And, Seems like they're continuing their youth movement. <laughs> uh, and it continues with Ian Happ, an outfielder for the Cubs. He's also on this list. He's not a free agent until after next year. So Teams want to trade for guys that they have 
some control over control over yeah. for another year or two uh noah syndergaard uh for the los angeles angels he's on the list mm-hmm. he's making 21 million or about 7 million over the last couple of months he's not been particularly great 64 strikeouts and 80 innings averages just five and a third per start uh this one this article says uh phillies uh nathan eovaldi um pitcher for the boston red sox uh, the prediction is that he'll stay there uh, jd martinez also uh, from the red sox outfielder designated hitter prediction is that he'll stay there mm. okay so that kind of gives you a little bit of room there how um how concerned do you think cowboy fans should be with uh, the loss of james washington I, I just think they're a little bit thin right now at the wide receiver position uh gallup not being healthy mm-hmm uh, you you let go in the off season of uh, Cooper, Mari Cooper, mm-hmm. and so there's some spots to fill, and so Washington was expected to be one of those guys. He's got a little experience that could help you. So him not being there for you know two and a half months, if possibly, that hurts. That hurts. So yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cowboys add veteran wide receiver. Um, at this point of training camp and um you just you need first off you need bodies out there at wide receiver position and boy you need to make sure c lamb stays healthy yeah because now you have, you basically have no wiggle room yeah yeah and, you know, and then hope, hopefully this is, bodes well for tj basher well wouldn't that be something if he could you know finally get it all put together I mean, nobody's ever questioned his talent level, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. his consistency, and his—I don't know—maturity, his focus, whatever. Yeah, but the, taking care of business off the field, all those kind yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes yesterday got stepped on in practice. Mm-hmm. He went to they the cut t- that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he was observed favoring his lower left leg. Uh, went to the medical tent. Um, the evaluation lasted a few minutes. Uh, rejoined his teammates, helmet in hand. Uh, this article says crisis averted. Randy Andy Reid says he got stepped on. He's okay. That uh, was from an offensive lineman who was pushed back during an eleven on eleven drill, mm. leading to the inadvertent contact between blocker and quarterback. Uh, Mahomes uh, telling the Kansas City Star when you play this position you get stepped on a lot of times once I got stepped on and wasn't having any pain in the ankle and was the only in the exact spot I knew I was fine okay man that guy was just immediately banished <laughs> he was, immediately yes. traded to the Raiders <laughs> how concerned do you think um, how about his uh, I'm sure you saw the highlight of him running the option and going behind the back I have not seen that one. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. It's Patrick Mahomes-esque. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Do you think uh, think the Chiefs will regret to getting rid of Tyreek Hill? On the field, not off the field. Um, I mean, I think he's a dynamic receiver. No, mm-hmm. there's no question. Uh, and what have they done to replace well, I mean, that kind of production? <sighs> they signed Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay. I don't know that that's Tyreek Hill. No, it's not Tyreek Hill. Um, <laughs> I don't have the Chiefs depth chart in my hill. I'm just, I'm just going, scrolling through an article, yeah. and his name jumped off the top to me. Someone on the 8th Floor and Center chat line says, you should have stepped on Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he ain't there anymore. He's in Miami. Um, I don't know. I think it, it'll be – they lost one of their receivers. He got injured. Um, uh, Robert says that Will Fuller is the answer, guys. The Chiefs nice. did draft a speedster. There's, there's no question about that. They did do that. I don't, his name escapes me. Um, I don't know. I yeah, mean, Robert has mentioned Will Fuller a couple of times. Fuller's an Aggie, right? Please so. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It, you know, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, the, Receiving core with an Aggie, a Red Raider, and a Sooner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they get one of their big pass, pass blockers back, who would. You know, basically was going to – had to franchise tag him. Um, so that's that was good news for the Chiefs. The, the, the thing about it is 
Orlando Brown is who I'm speaking of there. Um, and you've been to four straight AFC championship games. Can you get to five straight? I mean, some, at some point in time, the odds start to go, hey, you had your run here. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I, I mean, I don't think that's the question. I, I mean, you you've won a Super Bowl. You're not talking about eight conference championship games. No, I know. Your question is, can you win? Can Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs win a second Super Bowl? I, I mean, can. if I you're just... if you're Buffalo, you're talking about making conference championship games or making Super sure. Bowls. If you've won one, yeah, nothing else compares to that, right? Right. One one, and then a period. So one. the the. You know, the question is not, oh, can you win your division or can you, you know, get to the conference champion? No, it's can you win a second championship? Yeah. Uh, Will Fuller apparently is a Notre Dame guy, so I apologize for that. No, that's my bad. I thought he was. uh, Yeah, but I agreed with you. uh, That's totally on me. Uh, Anyway. Why was I thinking he was an Aggie? Uh, So anyway, so can it be interesting to see um, what happens there Uh, without Tyreek Hill, with... um, you know, additions that they've made with their or retained with their offensive line. Um, you know, they've got an injury at running back. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what uh, it's a very difficult schedule for the Chiefs as well. Mm-hmm. What do you, you're, you're laughing at my we'll see, aren't you? No, I'm, I'm just, I mean, we're just. I don't know. I'm Stumbling. We're we breaking down the Chiefs. We got it. We're, well, I just got, we just kind of got started yeah. talking about Patrick Mahomes, no. and it just kind of stumbled into that. So I apologize for that. Well, I, I, I would put, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd feel pretty confident in the Chiefs being right there in the thick of it this year. No, I think they'll be in the thick of it. I think. Yeah. I think you're. I would. Anytime that guy's playing quarterback for you, I think you, you're going to you have got a chance. chance. <laughs> you got a chance. Yeah, you got a chance. Yeah. All right. Eight, so uh, I think you, I think you can be confident that you'll be glued to your chair for a lot of Sundays this year, Chuck Hartz. There's no doubt. I mean, it's there's no. I mean, although it seems like Mahomes and the Chiefs are on, uh, you know, the primetime matchups I know, a lot that's, too. That's a problem for me because staying awake is a challenge. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.